the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, enliven and preserve your church with your perpetual mercy. Without your help, we mortals will fail. Remove far from us everything that is harmful and lead us toward all that gives life and salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. This is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Let the children of Zion be joyful in their ruler. Let them praise their maker's name with dancing. Let them sing praise with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in the people and adorns the poor, poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice in triumph. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throat and a two-edged sword in their hand. To wreak vengeance on the nations and punishment on the and their nobles with links of iron. To inflict on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all God's faithful ones. Alleluia. A reading from Romans. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. The commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is not far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and lucidness not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. According to Matthew, glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. 
But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and as a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, Whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Strictly speaking, the coronavirus is not a plague. Whereas COVID-19 is caused by a virus, the plague is caused by bacteria. As in the bubonic plague, the so-called Black Death that killed a quarter, a quarter of Europe's population in the 1300s. Yet, plague can also mean an epidemic disease that causes high mortality. Plague can figur figuratively mean any widespread calamity or evil. So we certainly could say that we are living the plague of our lifetime. But there's more. Plague can be a verb, right? It means to cause worry, to cause distress. We are plagued by so many things today that I don't even know where to begin. In fact, you know what they are already. Our worlds, our world as we knew it has been shaken. Things seem to be unraveling. Things seem to be getting worse every day. We dread the election. We fear the results, whatever the outcome. And it's just plain hard to watch the news. It's hard to have hope. Now, though the great losses that we in this country and world are facing today, though they link us, to human suffering through the ages, to human suffering around the world today, we are still plagued with shock, with a sense of exceptionalism, privilege. How, how can this even be happening to us? Now we know about plagues from the book of Exodus. How tidy that in our lectionary we skipped from the dramatic account of the burning bush last Sunday to the institution of the Passover today. There are a lot of chapters in between and they're about the plagues. In between is the power struggle between Moses and let's just say an unstable, an unpredictable, a threatened ruler, Pharaoh. Some things never change. And at the heart of the story, 
the Hebrews oppressed under the heavy load of slavery. Time after time, Moses pleads with the, pe with the Pharaoh, let my people go. Then comes the plague designed to break him down, to bring him to his knees. But every time, his heart hardens and he denies. He says no to Moses' request. So can you name some of the ten plagues? Maybe a few of you could unmute yourself and see how many we can name. Go right ahead. Name some plagues. Frogs. Locusts. Hail. Cattle disease. That's four. <laughs> Here we go. Water turning to blood. One. Frogs. Two. Lice. Three. Flies. Four. Livestock. Pestilence. Five. Boils. Six. Hail. Seven. Locusts. Eight. Darkness. Nine. And ten the killing of the firstborn children of the Egyptians. Now it's the 10th plague that is the killer, and we mean literally, the angel of death sweeps through the night, killing the firstborn of the powerful Egyptians. But the Hebrews are spared. Their doorposts are marked with the blood of the lamb. This angel of death is eerily, I mean, eerily portrayed in the movie, The Prince of Egypt. You hear wailing, and then in a scene we don't expect, you see Moses weeping. As one writer put it, the hand of God and nature, these are both reassuring and terrifying. Must there be Suffering and death to bring about liberation? One rabbi wrote about being plagued by the plagues. Despite the silly songs in the Passover seders about frogs in Pharaoh's bed, we must deal with the text's assertion that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, she asserts. If God was going to liberate the people with signs and wonders, must it be at the expense of others? such as the death of the firstborn Egyptians. At Passover Seders today, as the 10 plagues are ticked off one by one, each person spills a drop of wine on the plate 10 times. The joy of liberation tempered because it came at the expense of the suffering and death of others. There are bitter herbs to signify the bitterness of slavery. The matzah is called the bread of affliction. The Hebrew slaves were to eat that unleavened bread hurriedly. There was a sense of urgency. Now, of course, Jesus' last supper was a Passover meal, at least in three of the Synoptic Gospels. And there are many connections between Passover and Eucharist, lamb, blood, wine, bread, firstborn son, deliverance from bondage, deliverance from death, remembrance, the past becoming present, and the promise of a better future.
There is an urgency to these times we are living. There is an urgency to Passover. There is an urgency, if you think about it, to communion, both bitterness and joy. As Paul writes, the night is far gone. The day is near. Salvation is at hand. Deliverance is at hand. Freedom is at hand. But here's the twist. Maybe God's ultimate purpose wasn't merely the physical liberation of the slaves, but the spiritual liberation of Pharaoh from his delusion of total power. Empires, empires are prone to illusions of omnipotence. As Harvey Cox notes, it takes a lot to shake the pride and complacency of empires on such a grand scale. But history teaches us that. Empires rise and empires fall. And maybe, maybe we are living a bit of that today. The plagues were designed to bring Pharaoh to his knees that he might realize the limits of his power. The plagues of our time may bring us to our knees as well. Like an addict who hits bottom, like someone at the end of their rope. For then, then there's a spiritual opening, a trust in God or some higher power, some higher presence calling us to the reconciliation that Jesus speaks about in our gospel, calling us to fulfill the commandments through love, as Paul wrote about in our second reading, calling us to be signs of justice and mercy, even amid the inequities and the racism of our day. For where two or three are gathered, Jesus says, I am among them. One, two, three, or more in our homes. Five of us here today in this place, around computers, around tables, filled with memory and filled with hope, amid all the things plaguing us, all the things bringing us down, all the things bursting our illusions, Christ is here among us. The risen one comes this day in bread and wine, God's gift of grace, a meal of liberation, a feast of freedom, and a sacrament of hope. Amen.
drawn together by the compassion of God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Unite your church, O God. Give to all the baptized the gifts of repentance and reconciliation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. mercy. Protect your creation, O God. Renew and enliven places suffering from drought, flood, storms, or pollution. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Bless the nations, O God. Frustrate the designs of dictators. Guide legislators, civil servants, judges, and police toward the well-being of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Sustain, sustain us in our work, O God, and give employment to those who need it. Alert us to social evils and show our nation how to end the patterns of racial injustice. Curb the violence in our cities. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Tend to all in need, O God. Comfort those afflicted with COVID-19 and uphold our medical workers. Shelter all who are vulnerable in body, mind, or spirit, especially those we name in the chat feature or by unmuting. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. We remember with thanksgiving Blessed Mary, Peter Claver, and all those who have died in the faith. As you equip them, equipped us with your protection and power, until, we'll, until with them we see your salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. This time I invite everybody to um, go to gallery view so we can share the peace with one another. The peace of Christ be with you always. And God be with you. Peace to you. Peace to you. Peace to you all. Peace to everyone. Peace. Peace. That's peace. Peace, Thomas. Great joy to welcome you to Holy Trinity, both in the Chicagoland area and those joining us around the country. Please know whether you come regularly or this is the, your first time or you've been in our buildings or you've been coming for years, you are welcome. We hope that you will join us as we are gifted by God's grace and we now live in the world working to dismantle racism, to care for the environment, to work for the equity and equality of all, and to be signs of grace for our troubled, plagued world. This morning we will be celebrating Holy Communion, 
Please know if you have not prepared yet a table for that or the elements, that there will be a, a blessing for you at the time of communion. We are so grateful for your continued support, the response that you are giving to our ministry team and the way that ministry goes on at Holy Trinity. Our loose offerings, ways that you can give online, support a number of special ministries such as the Lighthouse Foundation, but also One North Side. And there's information on the screen about how you may make those special offerings. We also thank you for your gifts to the Elvina Moan Fund. And on the screen, list a couple of ways that we have used that. Elvina, Elvina was a very active member here, committed to social justice, and we are uh, have been making and will continue to make special grants and gifts to those um, in special need during these days. We are having communion today online, but please note, during September, there will be four opportunities for 15 people to gather in our Lakeview space. And you can sign up online. Um, uh, um, there's a link to that on our homepage of our website. It will be the next two Sundays from 11.15 to 11.45, and Wednesday, September 16th at 6.30 and 7.30 p.m. So please uh, sign up for those. Also, a spirituality group meets once a month and will be beginning in a couple weeks, and there's information in our e-news and a link about the spirituality group. Our forum, our Small Bites Forum for a half hour will begin 15 minutes after the service and we will continue to talk about exodus and plagues and liberation and Passover. So we hope you can join us for that. Also, something new sponsored by the four Lutheran congregations in Lakeview. It's called Third Thursdays, the thir it's a very fancy name, Third Thursdays at 7 p.m., a special topic each month. The one coming up on September 17th is on beliefs and ballots. And we will talk about election, including the fair uh, tax in Illinois and other items before us. So please mark that on your calendar. And very exciting news. Next Saturday night, we begin two live Zoom full services per week with, with a sermon. In other words, the HT Loop community will be gathering live for worship. Um, they have been doing evening prayer, but this will be a fuller service, and we're calling it Reunion Sunday. That means all of you can join a live Zoom service either Saturday at 5 p.m. or Sunday morning. And as part of that, I would like to introduce our Ministry in Context student from our seminary, the Lutheran School of Theology. Uh, Taylor, who will be doing her work as a part of HT Luke. Taylor, could you just um, say your name and greet us by unmuting? Hi, I'm Taylor, and I'm really excited to uh, be here at this crazy time so we can figure out what church looks like in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. At HT Lakeview, we, will, we have two people who are seminarians or doing their candidacy process. One of them is Jonas Ellison, who many of you know, who moved to California, actually, because he can do seminary online. The other is Christopher Drummond. Christopher, could you just unmute yourself? Christopher is also doing candidacy in the ELCA, and you will recognize him already, but I want to just recognize him now. Could you say hello, Christopher? Hi there. All right, thank you, Christopher.
I'm Reverend C.J. Hawking, Executive Director of Arise Chicago. Arise Chicago is a 29-year-old organization founded by the faith community to advance workers' rights. The last six months of the global pandemic have revealed a lot about workers who are truly essential to making our lives work. From farm workers to delivery workers, nursing home workers, elder care workers, food production workers, the list goes on. The veil has been lifted as now we see what it takes to keep the rest of us fed and healthy and content. The veil has been lifted as now we see the harsh realities that many essential workers faced for years. Wages below poverty line, no health care, no benefits like paid sick days or paid vacation days, and harsh safety conditions even before the pandemic. The veil has been lifted for all to see the stark economic and health care inequities endured by black and Latino workers as the deaths in these communities are far outpacing the deaths in white communities. As people of faith, we are called to address these stark realities and be a part of the change we want to see. Many of us at Arise Chicago are being asked during the pandemic, what is happening to workers and how is Arise responding? Given that Arise Chicago's average weekly phone calls went from 25 a week to now 160, we have our finger on the pulse of what is happening. And there are three major trends I want to share with you. Most of our low-wage immigrant worker members were already in unsafe conditions and COVID has made it worse. Often they hear about their coworkers getting sick or dying many days after the coworker has left. Employers are not providing proper PPE. Workers are not six feet apart or aren't required to wear masks. And most of all, when workers encounter someone who is COVID positive, they are not being paid for two weeks off as per the CDC guidelines so that they can quarantine. In fact, that's why Arise is advocating for two weeks off with pay in the city of Chicago for workers whose workplaces are 50 or under because they've been left out of the CARES Act. The second trend that we're seeing is that essential low-wage workers are putting their lives in danger to support their families. With no safety net, no savings, they feel obliged to keep working. And therefore, Arise has launched a massive education campaign, creating homespun videos in, in English, Spanish, and Polish. And so far, we've had over 400,000 views of our videos on how to stay safe on the job. We've also created a safe return to work guide that's been picked up nationally. And we now have weekly trainings that is getting 10,000 views per week on Facebook. Be sure and link your Facebook page to ours. The third trend that we are seeing is that the workplace is indeed the epicenter, but it's not being treated like one during the pandemic. Arise has been on Zoom calls with 
elected leaders at the federal, state, county, and city levels to enforce the reality that the workplace is the epicenter. Arise also believes that workers need to be able to freely report and, and, and to enforce safety measures in cooperation with the public health departments like they're doing in Los Angeles. Friends, all religious traditions believe in the dignity of workers and the dignity of work. And Arise Chicago is saying in this moment, essential workers deserve essential dignity. Indeed, the veil has been lifted. And so now is the time, as the psalmist says, for righteousness and peace to kiss. Thank you to all of you who have been supporting the work of Arise Chicago. Thank you to your congregation for giving us this moment. Thank you for being witnesses to the injustice and lifting your prophetic voices so that social change can happen. Thank you for your partnership. Blessings of peace and health to all of you. Thank you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
heart, remember the mission of this congregation. Act with courage. Be radically inclusive. Cultivate empowering relationships. Delight in God's beauty. Engage with intention. In the name of Christ, go in peace. Thanks be to God.